Welcome to Was It Good, the podcast that reviews movies and TV shows. Today we are talking the first season of Disney Plus's greatest Star Wars show, Andor. I am Ravi, and as always, I'm driven by my two brothers, Arjuna and Krishna. Check out my new set. Your set looks beautiful. I know. For those wondering who are only listening to the audio-only podcast, we do record full video podcasts on our YouTube.com slash was a good channel, where you can see Krish's brand new set. By brand new, shout out to the boys. By brand new, created this. What we really mean is we showed him how to turn the light up brighter so he doesn't (laughs) look like he's in the dark. There's a little bit more to it than that, but essentially, I mean that was like the big thing, right? Yeah, lighting and and. Putting some pictures up instead of having these yeah. blank ass walls. It doesn't look like you live in a, a warehouse anymore. I was yeah. Gonna say insane yeah. asylum, but yeah, that works. Too. <laughs> True that, yo. So I hey. start I started out by saying greatest Star Wars show, and I immediately saw Arjuna's face tense up. Wait, when? <laughs> I, as I said, the greatest Star Wars show, your face went. <gasps> you were, Wait, I mean, minded. when did, did you say that today? I literally just said that. I said it was the greatest. I said Disney Plus's greatest Star Wars show. Ravi, you might need to put your glasses on because I was the one who squunched up my face. Oh, I can't. I mean, you guys look so similar. So, wow, we really don't. You know, I don't have hair, <laughs> and I'm not wearing glasses. I mean, I don't. And see his glasses. teeth are yellow. <laughs> Jeez, somebody's calling you out to the dentist. Oh no! Now, now I can't Christian, smile anymore. Now Christian's not going to smile, not show his teeth. Juno's giving him a complex. Good job, buddy. How dare you? Hey, just one way out. That's all I have to say. Oh, but Christian, I, all right. So then, let me rephrase my question, Christian. Why did you make that face? Is this not the greatest Star Wars show from Disney Plus? Question mark. Oh boy, um, <laughs> it it might be. But I find it hard to judge right now um, mm. because I'm, you know, I'm prone to recency bias. I, everything I've seen is the greatest thing ever usually. And so like watching the show, I would, I think I would agree with you, but I haven't seen Mandalorian. Uh, the Mandalorian is the clear contender, the other contender, right? For best Star Wars show. And I haven't seen Mandalorian in quite a while. Um, Christian, it's clearly Book of Boba, <laughs> Obi Wan. I'm muting you. And, and here's and I'm here's the thing you. too. Here's yeah yeah. Please mute him. And here's the thing too. Like, um, you, you, it's hard to think about Mandalorian without thinking of that second season. And the second season wasn't as strong as the first season for Mandalorian, right? Um, so I I don't think I can judge best show until I see a second season of Andor. The second and final season of Andor. Well, no, we know it's going to be three seasons. It's going to be two seasons. Why do I keep thinking it's three seasons? It could be. They could lost it up. Did did I, like, was I in another universe, and in that universe they said three? Because I swear to God I heard it's three, unless I'm saying something I'm not supposed to be saying, which is very possible, so I'm going to stop talking. It was We're not live. That's fine. Well, they did. So the creators did say originally when... uh, when, What's his name? The guy who did this. Why am I blanking on Tori? Tony Gilroy? Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Tony. Originally, originally said his pitch was for five seasons, each season covering a year. It was going to be five years before Rogue One. Each season was a year, uh, and then it kind of went that way. And but then Disney was like, "How about two seasons?" And he was like, "Okay, <laughs> we could make that work." And and they've made it apparently work into two seasons, unless Ravi's uh, impeccable sourcing uh, says otherwise. 
I would like to real quick on the record. I don't take anything I say as legitimate. I am a silly little fan that just (laughs) blows wind out of my mouth. He's a silly little fan with a microphone that potentially could reach a lot of people. Nope. (laughs) I am just one person. Elon Musk, is that you? Saying... (laughs) Nonsense. <laughs> I mean, the way they ended it, it could go any number of seasons, really. I mean, again, let's let's rephrase, like let's re, like frame it here. Like this show starts roughly five years, if I'm right, correct, before the events of yes. Andor. Now you're not listening to me. I literally a minute ago said this show picks up five years before Rogue One. <laughs> I mean, I was typing something to to be fair. So is that canon? <laughs> Does that say it in the show? Yes, Andor says, guys, it's five years before the events of Rogue One. There was a soothsayer that's like, you're going to die in five years exactly. Well, do you remember the, is it the penultimate episode? So episode 11, when they've escaped the prison and they're they're back at the resort. And him and his buddy are looking out to the beach. Everyone kind of cut that shot with... Andor's final moments on the beach of scare of a. Um, well, that's his pal from Scar- Rogue One too. That's yeah, exactly. Scott. Yep. Melshi. Yeah, yeah, who's in the in the movie. So, also dies. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> everything about this show is tragedy, and maybe that's why I like it so much. If you really think about it, all of these characters are dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't see any of them in Mandalorian. They're never mentioned in the sequel trilogy, so. <laughs> One would assume yes, they are dead. I'm gonna, in my head, canon B2 emo. He makes it to the end. I kind of hope he doesn't, though, because it would break what is worked with the Rogue One formula, which is introduce characters and then have them die, kill them all. I mean, the fact that like Andor's mother passes right at the obviously at the start of of the finale here, um, that. I was a little bit surprised like by that. I thought she was going to at least last maybe a couple more episodes, but makes sense that she would pass. They need that plot device to get Andor to come home. So <laughs> she dies. She dies between episodes ten and eleven. You don't even see her die. She That's dies off screen. Off screen, yeah. But then yeah. again, does that mean then she's she's actually dead? But I don't see that. It's a good question. Purpose. We saw her brick. Yeah, we did see <laughs> we her did. brick. We saw her. Brick. We saw her brick, yep. and then her brick was used to brutally hit someone. She was the. <laughs> First hit of the rebellion, perhaps not really. The spark of the rebellion. Yeah. How do you pronounce? It's Marva, right? Marva. Yeah. Marva. Right. And yeah, yeah. Her hologram sparked or um, sparked the rebellion at least on, on uh, that planet. On Ferrix. Old Ferrix. Yeah. Question no, though. Ferrix. No, 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 no. Ferrix. Aldani is where the is yeah. where the heist happened. The heist oh, arc. Yeah. Now these the are all GTA Four mission. All of these planets are new planets, right? Like there's not any mention of them in anything. Disney Star Wars canon that I could find. Not main canon. I'm, I'm yeah. sure they might have been potentially referenced in a comic or a book or or something, but it's not. They're not well known places. Speaking, speak. Let's actually real quick. Let's talk about the, you know, Ferrix and the start of the rebellion. Did anyone else get vibes of? I've, I've seen this story before uh, in Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> In terms of like you know sparking of a rebellion and and kind of how it plays out where you know the character of Ezra runs away then there's some Imperial guards that show up then they go back and then there's more Imperial guards and then this full blown obviously you know Thrawn shows up and everything I'm wondering is that what's going to end up happening with Ferrix where 
you know, Andor murders a security guard, comes back, you know, comes back to the planet, security forces or corporation or whatever comes, they fuck it up, the Empire comes, he comes back at the end of the season, a rebellion has now started, things are all well, fucked that, up. Yeah, I think uh, that's one of the things I thought the show did a great job of, is showing that the rebellion is happening Everywhere. in multiple places right. at different times, right? And I, I thought, like, the most intriguing part of the show was seeing this early development of the rebellion, having them so scattered, uh, and then having the empire, you know, um, try and, and, and put those pieces together. You know, it's not, it's not too often that we see the problem solving from the antagonists side of things, right? It's usually the protagonist trying to put things together. Uh, and this was sort of flipped, which I, I really enjoyed uh, watching the empire trying to be like, you know, uh, there's definitely rebellion going, and then most of them being, you know, they're just trying to do do their day to day, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the last five to ten years of Star Wars canon between Rebels, between Rogue One, between this, a lot of that in between episodes three and four is shown as like there's a reason it's called the Rebel Alliance, right? It's not one unit; it's all of these different sparse units kind of coming together and you even see that throughout the show right you have the luthan faction you have the mon mothma faction you have the the saw faction right which we're all very familiar with across uh you know the multiple the multiple saw things and there you have all these kind of um these units that are, are working together and side by side and doing things in a different way uh, and i think that's see eye to eye either. right a lot of times they don't right like that's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of inherent conflict in in how they kind of conduct things you see a lot of that between you know luthan and mon mothma earlier early in the show where mon is trying to do this you know quote unquote the right way and luthan is trying to do this you know also quote unquote the right way which are two very very different ways um which is it's kind of fascinating to see. So I think I think you do get some of those familiar themes of like uprising and rebellion because it's all kind of ha- happening simultaneously in different places and slightly different ways too. So um, you know, I it's it's kind of interesting that the the time between episodes three and four has been mined so much in the last few years, especially where we're getting a lot of information of how the Rebel Alliance kind of came together. Um, and how a lot of these these types of things happened, you know, even with uh, you know everyone's favorite Star Wars short show uh, Obi Wan, uh, <laughs> that you know that everyone you know beloved Star Wars live action show um, shows some of that too, right? You know, not necessarily in the in the best way possible, but you do start to see some of the like you know the stuff with Bale and and how that's coming together as well uh, and his involvement. I'm shocked we didn't get a Bale. At least, not that I saw. At least, uh, a Bale uh, appearance in Andor. You know, especially when Mon Mothma is in the Senate, and you've got that classic episode uh, three. You know, Senate, or I guess the prequels in general, Senate, uh, Senate room. And I-, I thought we might see like a little floating thing with Bale being like, "I'm on your side." I, I bet he shows up in season two. You know, I bet as they get closer to Rogue One and, and some of the Alliance you know, starts to come together a little bit more. He'll, he'll show up. But I think this first season was really focused on kind of showing the the primary players that they wanted to focus on here. Um, and that was not And they kill most of them. Well, not, <laughs> not they're really. not, most of them. No, no, really no, no, I know. The primary people are still in play. But yeah. Every so. second, secondary character is 
dead or mentally or you know really struggling mentally well each of the i mean each of the arcs right like there were four distinct arcs throughout this show um with like the the intro ferrix arc where you kind of learn everything the 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 job on aldani the prison break on um what's it called narkina 5 and then the return to ferrix and like the uprising on ferrix right so you, a lot of the side characters in each of these arcs died, right? Like, basically, the almost the entire crew on Aldani just perished um, throughout that entire thing. And then uh, Narkino Five, you know, a lot of the a lot of his prison mates were shot or probably drowned and just didn't make it. And there's even that that chilling line in episode eleven where Ruth Scott is like, "Maybe we're the only two that made it," and you're like, "Well." Yeah, I mean, you don't see could, anybody. Could like, right. You would imagine that they would have more than just the two of them, right? Would have left. You One know? of them couldn't swim. Yeah, Andy yeah. Serkis yeah. couldn't swim, but Gollum, yeah. Gollum couldn't. Kino, Gollum couldn't his, swim, his character's name was Kino. Gollum. Kino couldn't swim, and it was a uh, heartbreak. But redemption for Andy Serkis. He could uh, move on from Snoke. Gollum couldn't swim either in that lava. <laughs> I don't think a lot of things could swim in that lava. <laughs> The, the interesting cool. thing, though, is like as we have all these various arcs, you're introduced to some very like pivotal, important characters that, you know, they are quote you know the sparks of the rebellion, right? So starting with like the big heist one, you know, I would say the character Karis Nem- Nemec, who is played by Alex Mother, who you know he has his kind of book, if you will, or his view, his political views. His manifesto. Like his manifesto, right? Which, you know, Andor has, and I would imagine, because we see, we hear some, of, we hear his voice in some of that manifesto in the finale, so I would imagine that's going to play potentially a piece somewhere. Um, obviously, Andy Serkis' character, you know, telling people to rise up and, and, and run and, and keep running and fighting, obviously that's going to be a big thing as well. Um, so it's interesting, like, even though we have like these clear arcs, there's you know there's a piece that fits the bigger rebellion and everything. Like Arjun said, the alliance, the rebel alliance, and and whatnot. So. Yeah, and and then you have the character study of Andor himself, right? Like he he's changed since the first episode when we first met him here to where you leave him in episode twelve, um, which is interesting and will continue to be interesting as the the second season kind of happens because you. You know, he's not necessarily super far away from what you see in Rogue One. You're starting to see some of the connective tissue and the connective threads, but we're not necessarily to the point of this is a guy that's going to give his life for, you know, to get the Death Star plans yet. <laughs> hmm. I will um, say, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, this show, more than any other Star Wars property ever, has put the, put the word war in Star Wars. Like this is the first thing where it, I felt like they showed they truly showed like a realistic or somewhat realistic depiction of like what war is uh, and the different factions and the different ideologies. Um, so I mean, yeah, it, it's it, I I don't remember where I was going with that, but I just wanted to say that. No, yeah. no, no, it's so a good, thank it's you. It's a good transition for like the the big one of like the big complaints, if you will, of the show was a lot, you know. People are going to find something to complain about, you know, for for anything and everything. Just that's just human nature, I think, at this point. But one of the big complaints was that it didn't to start. It didn't feel like Star Wars, and I think that worked really, really well to start because you were you were shown these like really beautiful uh, sets, these 
really interesting characters and you were very much away and on the outskirts of like what this empire was doing and it gave it a very classic like sci-fi feel almost like it was doing it's, it did a better job of like world building in Star Wars than like the actual movies have ever done I think because oh. Star Wars the movies have always been like Luke, Leia and Han are the ones that beat the empire right but like we're seeing the grunt work the leg work like to me and i think i tweeted this at like luthan mon you know and or all of these characters andy circus's character like all of them you're the ones that have parents like they're really the real heroes of the galaxy han luke and leia just they, they had it way too easy in <laughs> comparison like i, I yeah. mean that's probably a really terrible take but like you know Luke shooting a thing like come on he had it I, so easy I mean that is important like you, no, you, no, do, definitely, you had to have definitely. someone take the uh, well take the shot but I think the point is valid uh, I think the the biggest difference is that this show doesn't have to deal at all with anything to do with the force so right. Star Wars has always tried to present this like equal side polit- political stuff this war uh, and you know Empire versus rebellion and then this mystical uh, side of things and Andor I think its strength is that it didn't have to deal, it doesn't have to deal with anything to do with the Force or the Jedi. It can focus all on the war itself. Uh, and I think that was a huge strength of it. I would love now for there to be a show that goes maybe the other way, focuses only on the Force, right? Like, forget about, you know, go really deep into that. I would love a show the like Force that. The Force Awakens? <laughs> <laughs> no, even no. Force Awakens, you still you still have like the whole, the first order, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think our producer Lerman was making a joke there. <laughs> yeah, failed. I mean, the be- on the, the Force be- Awakens part, the, be- the the better things that I think we've seen of the Force, you know, un- not unfortunately, I was gonna say unfortunately, but the better things that we've seen of the Force is definitely the animated stuff. You know, Star Wars Rebels. Um, you know, they, you know, the whole in between world stuff that they do with Ahsoka. You know everything they do around like when Maul shows back up, and and the idea of like the dark side, um, and the holocrons, everything in, in uh, Clone Wars with Mortis, even the the later episodes where you know Yoda has to kind of like really dive into the idea of the Force and everything. Like they've they've done like good things. I think it would be fascinating to see a like show, a live action. That's, yeah, like a live action show that is just kind of like, like a Qui Gon Jinn show. Yeah, which will never happen. Let's just I, I've given up. It's not happening. Uh, Maybe that's what the acolyte will be. Who knows? Qui Gon mm-hmm. Jen and Tonic. Well, no, acolyte. <laughs> I mean, acolyte is going to be all dark side stuff. So maybe, yeah, maybe focusing heavily on the dark side of the force, which would be really cool. But then I feel like it'll turn into a weird cult thing, and people will make it creepy. So, um, but the dark real side quick, is kind of creepy though. Real quick on the war side of things, and this show like doing a really good job of the world building and and showing the war stuff. Um, did everyone? who is participating in this podcast currently. You all saw the after credit scene, right? Yes. yes. What? No. Unfortunately. Okay. Our producer, Lerman, did not see the after credit scene. I so let those roll and roll and roll and nothing came. Yes, yeah, something comes at the end. Uh, for episode 12. Unfortunately, we have to yeah. spoil it for him because I do think it's... It's, it's kind of important. It is, it's very important, but it's also like the most chilling... Like, I was like... I got goosebumps when I saw that because it's so like... 
it really puts the perspective of war so in the show. Literal, literal cogs in the machine. Right. So, Literally. you know, for, for Lamar Prudence, I'll explain the, 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 the whole thing real quick. So, remember, they're on the, the prison planet and they're building Narcino these, five. These, these cog things, right? Yeah. Or whatever. They're basically pieces that help interconnect. Uh, the AT, ATs? No, no. Oh. It's basically a piece, pieces that are being used to interconnect, I think, the dish on the Death Star. Oh, I thought it was the AT-AT arm legs. Some people thought, and they may still be, but they thought they were pieces on TIE fighters as well oh, to yeah. help like interconnect all those pieces. I would imagine if the Empire is smart, you're reusing the same pieces elsewhere. But it was very like chilling Lego? to just see that Andor and those people there were indirectly helping build the Death Andor Star. Andor and Rue Scott awesome. end up making the things that killed them. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yes. That's so poetry. cool. It's yeah. poetry, yeah. poetry, or yeah, I guess it is poetry, but it is horrific. I want to see it's how also, they make the things that make the Tie Fighters scream. Oh, when they go, <laughs> yeah. is that just a person in there going? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's one person's like terrifying job. noise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's that awkward silence. That was a great pod. <laughs> that was it. That's this is pod racing. <laughs> that that was that's pod racing. Can we talk about Luthen? Luthen, no. you mean uh, of course you know Papa Skarsgård, the greatest, the antagonist, the all of the yeah, the Skarsgård dynasty, the head of he, the dynasty. <laughs> what a what a great character! Like holy shit! Like you know, you go from rooting for him uh, because he's seemingly offering Andor this, you know, this opportunity to to redeem him, you know, to redeem Andor almost, and then you, and then you find out like the methods he used. Uses the ruthlessness, the the self the the self awareness to admit that he's like an egomaniac, as well. I thought that episode when he's talking to his inside guy, right, uh, for Imperial Intelligence, and he's like, uh, you know, no, I'm no, I'm not going to be around to see my own applause. Like I started this, and yes, I was, I'm like egotistical, and he's like, I'm the one who's made all the sacrifice, you know. Uh, what a great. Like what a great moment to really add complexity to that character. He's it's he's like, better ooh. at being dark side than many of the dark side characters in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> he's better he at being sure dark is. side. He's better yeah. at being bad than many of our villains of Star Wars. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> really is. It's so I good. mean, honestly, the Emperor should take a, a page out of his book. The Emperor. Do you think do you think he was part of because we don't know a lot about Luthen's background in terms of like where was he sitting in terms of like where was he in the galaxy before you know you know what he's doing now right like was he a separatist was he part or was he pro was he like pro um, pro uh, what was the ruling fact republic or whatever like where was he like on that line because I think that would also be interesting to kind of see like looking at his the character I would. Im- Imagine he is among the separatist mindset of like less government because the whole thing with the separatists was less kind of government oversight, if you will. That I'm oversimplifying it, um, which obviously the empire coming in is heavy duty government oversight. So I would imagine he was not, you know, pro pro. Uh, well, uh, if for, for those who are uh, you know frequent visitors of the internet. There was, uh, you know, a lot of speculation that Luthen was a force user, right? Uh, there was the the whole escape in Episode Eleven with his ship, and people were like, "Only a Jedi could fly like that." Uh, and then his staff, a lot of people checked or thought it looked like a lightsaber hilt. That's when he checks it in with uh, 
Saw's people. Um, I'm not a fan of that theory because it, it feels like Tony Gilroy is like really leaned away, as Christian kind of said, like away from the Force stuff. And that that feels like if this was Book of Boba or if this was Obi-Wan, then yeah, he's definitely a Force user. <laughs> and he's like, he's he's Papa Palpatine's master or something, right? Like that's, that's oh, he's the Plagueis. way. Yeah, he's Plagueis. Plagueis never died. He's still alive. He's Darth Jar Jar. Yeah, he's Darth Jar Jar. There we <laughs> yeah. go. But, yeah, but I don't think that's what the show is going for. Um, but that is a theory nonetheless. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I, that we're we're not seeing like like it would be kind of annoying and eye rolly if like in that last episode, <laughs> you know, all hell is breaking loose and he's like, here's my lightsaber and wait. His well, I do have a question about his ship. The yes. laser beams? Oh, so cool. Uh, how how does that work? They're so still going honestly, somewhere. I, <laughs> I think I think we saw a little bit of that technology in episode three. So you remember the big battle in the beginning um, when they're trying to rescue Palpatine? Oh, above Coruscant. Uh, and I feel like in the background, maybe you see some ships use a similar sort of uh, technology. I could be totally wrong on that, but it, to me, that uh, technology, that flying style, reminded me so much of episode three. Like that felt like something Anakin would have pulled off, you know, trying to rescue Palpatine. Oh, I know, I know, he's Anakin's father. Oh, Oh, there we go. If this was Book of Boba or Obi Wan, absolutely. How do you know it's not, (laughs) Juno? I'm getting the sense that you did not like Book of Boba or Obi Wan. I I believe I stated at the beginning of this podcast that those were the two greatest Star Wars shows (laughs) ever. Did you say the Obi Wan series was good in our podcast? Yeah, it doesn't mean it's the greatest though. But I like true. Star Wars. We, we sarcasm, we even bad Star Wars. But the sarcasm level that's coming out of you right now makes me feel like maybe I'm just you saying. Were wrong. I, I think what's well, I think this brings up a larger point, right? Where Andor versus some of these other Star Wars shows, there's a there's a specific type of storytelling, right? And a lot of these other shows felt like Mando season two. I remember when we did our pods on this. We talked about this. I had a big rant about fan service and about the whole Ahsoka stuff and everything with that and how I was a little annoyed because it felt like they were just doing fan service. Like, where's Admiral Thrawn? Like, that doesn't move the story forward within Mandalorian. That's just setting up the Ahsoka spinoff, which was inevitably announced, right? And or, at least to me, doesn't feel like that's a show that's doing this. So I guess I keep making the joke of like, oh, a Book of Boba or a Obi-Wan or frankly, a Mandalorian would like, there would be a connection here, but there would be like, we're setting up the, you know, the MCU-ness of it all, the Disney-ness, the right. Disney-ness of it all. And look, I'm very guilty of also liking that stuff, but I do really appreciate that Andor is not doing that. It's not like, this is here because we're here to sell toys and spin off as many things as possible and, and do X, Y, and Z. Luthen is just like a actually interesting and really cool character. So you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head. That, I think, is my one and only complaint there's not enough toys for you. Yes. No, like, this is legitimately, like, my only complaint. Like, I love this show so much. And you guys, like, know that like, when face I really is amazing right like now. a show or a character, I want to, you know, cosplay them or have the armor or whatever or some kind of representation from that. And this show, I'm sitting there and I'm like, fucking nothing that I can, like, maybe. So what I'm thinking now is maybe I'll figure out the, the cog thing that they were building and I'll just make that and be like, this you'll, is you'll my... just be, you'll be a cog. Why don't you, yes, what about what, cog. remember Luthen, remember what Luthen's like cape that he's wearing in episode 10 sure. where he has his epic speech. That's what you should wear. That's the like, that's the fit. If you will. I was like, finally Luthen. I, somebody I can cosplay old I mean, and 
Learman, if you're looking. if you're into, I'll help you figure it out. Like that would be cool. Uh, I, I will say, set, I, like, I do we, want B, I, I do want B two emo e, emo uh, toys. I would I would like those. There's a I think there is one available. I think like, there's there, a Funko pop. I mean, there's Funkos for everything, right? Like it's true. There's literally a Funko for Arjuna. What really? No. Would you guys like to see more Luthen story in season two? I mean, that's the way to go. I mean, well, not too much. I think I think Luthen works better if you don't know too much of his backstory. So I think while it'd be interesting to get that eventually, uh, I don't I don't want it given to us in season two. I would but like season two to keep focusing on Andor, right? And the rebellion building up, and the the the, the, the imperial intelligence trying to counter all that. Keep right. the focus there. Don't give us too much. But we know I, I mean, I, I assume he's going to die, right? He's obviously not around in Rogue One or. Prove it, or I mean, yeah, or uh, he's, he's such really a he's such good. a force, right? Like he he feels like he is so in charge of the Rebel Alliance within the confines of this show. So either his positioning will change, um, or he dies. So but, I, I or, assume it's the latter. Didn't we? Or he gets in frozen in carbonite. Oh yeah, I mean that would be interesting. Didn't we see in this last episode that his hold on the rebellion is not what he makes it out to be, or that what he thinks it is? I mean, somewhat. I think that's part of it, and and I think what they're setting up with Andor kind of showing up on his ship is there will be much more Andor and Luthen right. in season two, right? Where he will, you know, like train or kind of mentor Andor a little bit, and he or will use take Andor some as the, his tool, right? And because I, really I mean, that, that that's the big thing in Rogue One with Andor, right? Like the first thing you see with Andor is he gets the information from the informant and he kills him, right? Which is very Luthen. <laughs> it's like, it like a page out of the Luthen book, right? So I think you'll see some more of this kind of like ruthlessness kind of be imparted onto Cassian um, from Luthen. But maybe there's a parting of ways or, you know, some shenanigans happen. And, and then he Luthen. unwields yeah. his lightsaber and <laughs> reveals he is Darth Maul's daddy. <laughs> Whoa. Oh man, no! You know how I it's gonna questions. end? It's gonna end the same way that it ended for uh, Woody Harrelson's character. In so Solo, I was gonna say, yeah. where you know, so has to kill him or be killed. Um, I mean, I could see that. I could definitely see that happening, and maybe that's where, you know, Andor is not fully like Luthen. Where I think like, the I think the other interesting part of this is this whole Andor story is like Mon Mothma's entire arc, right? Because. What we've known of Mom Mothma before this is she's the leader of the Rebel Alliance, right? Like, she's wearing the, the white gown, and she's leading and everything, and you're seeing, like, a much more uh, grounded and, yeah, I don't want to say realistic, because it's all space opera sci-fi, but realistic <laughs> take on this character who's not, like, the leader of the Rebel Alliance yet, right? So I think it's it kind of fascinating to see her rise and see the dichotomy between her and Luthen, um, and I'm excited to see that kind of further explored in her development as the Mon Mothma we kind of know from the from the movies and Rogue One and and everything else and and how that kind of changes because we we also know like her family kind of sucks uh, a lot and uh, they're probably not around after well, we know, the show we know for a fact like let's be honest here we we could probably just say it factually like the her husband is not going to be around come He's like dead. episode four <laughs> because remember to at the end towards the end of episode twelve was it. She's planting, or episode 11, she's planting 
that uh, the husband is gambling again, right? Oh, 12. It was 12. It was, 12, yeah. it was the he's, car scene. You're right. He's, yeah. pla- he's, he's gambling again, which I'm, I'm assuming she's going to use that as a way to like explain she, the, he's the, the fall, money right. discrepancies, right? Which yeah. potentially means, hey... He's going to go to some kind of uh, prison camp or whatever. <laughs> and and her daughter is a weird cultist. So there's that. I mean, her race is kind of interesting. I call them the pajama-wearing race because it seems like that's that's the that was the only other costume where I was like, maybe I want to be like Mon Mothman because I can wear pajamas all day. I mean, they looked very comfortable. I'm not going to lie. Stupid comfortable. Like if, if Star, I think I think what's interesting with Star Wars is like, you, obviously, they're showing like classism and everything. It's very clear to me that in the Star Wars universe, if you're rich, you're wearing pajamas. So, yes, it's true. Otherwise, you're a foot soldier and you're wearing really uncomfortable, itchy and scratchy clothes. So, here's a free idea for Disney, right? If they want to get into the like ten thousand dollar pajama market, you know, the really <laughs> high end market, like they should just do. Though that the, those fits and they're like I mean, ten thousand dollars. If you're rich, you can afford right to, to dress be fair, in your pajamas. To be, to be fair, though, Disney like is already kind of in that space. I don't know if you've seen how much like their cloaks, like their dry cloaks, go for. Um, like there are some at the parks that go for like three hundred dollars. So I mean, how much of there? How much is the Star Wars cruise or hotel? Oh, thing? it's like Isn't ten thousand like dollars, right? right? Yeah, that's something, something absurd, something crazy. If you if you pay that much, you should get free. Rich pe- Star Wars rich people pajama robes. If you should, I was you should be like, able to cameo in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you no, have no, to no. be a you have to be an influencer for that, and then uh, they will just get free labor out of you because the rules of like SAG and and uh, unions don't apply to Disney productions. I guess have they done that? Yeah. So for Obi Wan Kenobi, a lot in uh, towards the end of the season when they're on that weird planet and there's all those refugees. And, you know, the Empire's coming for them. A lot of those characters are, like, micro-influencers in the Star Wars community. That, like Ice Cube's son? Yeah, like Ice Cube's son. He's a huge Star Wars micro-influencer. Oh, man. Um, so, that, you know, I mean, that's cool. Do, you know, people do whatever. But I just think it's interesting from what I read. Like, they didn't get paid. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it feels like it's setting a bad precedent, but whatever. You know, Disney... You know, it's a, that startup company. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they got to be tight with the money. <laughs> I, I guess so. <sighs> I guess that's the pod. That's the pod yeah. right there. No, no. Uh, the, the, the thirty minutes wasn't bad. I think. I think. There, I think. A couple more things before we get into like the bigger things. B two emo, the greatest <laughs> droid name in the universe. Is that its real name? B2 Emo, yeah. B2 Emo. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was they call him B for short. B for short. And he is kind of emo because he's always just sitting there looking off into the distance. Sad. And oh, no, sad. I thought it was a joke that Arjuna called him that because he's always so sad. And no, like, no, no. You're not coming with His me. Actual, Will somebody uh, please go with the droid for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The neediest droid in the galaxy. That's still C3PO. One no. of my one of yeah. my big uh, bull predictions uh, with B two emo specifically is I think B two emo is what evolves into K two S O. That's a good one. Um, either or at least part of, part or at least part of his like right right know. similar to like you know uh, Lando's droid in Han that ends up in the Falcon 
like the spirit, if you will, or whatever. I think something like that's gonna happen where either B two emo like say like saves casting from a K two droid uh, by helping reprogram it or whatever. Uh, so I think that's where that's gonna kind of. I want to I want to believe that in my heart of hearts, but as we've discussed, uh, everyone dies in the show. Well, you do realize. probably B two emo is gonna like just you know be crushed. Uh, so Arjuna, I would push back on that. What would be more sad? Killing B2 Emo in season two or having him become K2SO and knowing he dies in Rogue One. Yep, there you go. That's sadder, actually. That's, that's sadder. That's I so think. much sadder. Yeah. So, <laughs> for sure, he gets to finally join them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he gets to finally join and, and he gets like a like big robot killing body that can help. That can help out. <laughs> finally. Yay! Yeah, finally, like, I'm useful to Andor in his quest. And it's, yeah. oh, man, it's like a puppy <laughs> that, like, you know, sees its, you know, childhood owner or whatever go off to college and then comes back. And then the puppy's like, oh, the owner's going to be with me. And then the puppy dies. Oh, man. That's so it's the same idea. Sad. This reminds me of uh, Dragon Ball Z during the Arjuna, wait, wait, wait. Arjuna, Arjuna, do you want to be making more DPC remarks? Yeah. I do. Because okay. it is our number one successful uh, thing. So. That's true. <laughs> It's but true. this reminds me of Dragon Ball Z and the Majin Buu arc when uh, Trunks and Goten uh, fuse to become Gotenks and go Super Saiyan 3. And it's all for nothing because they still lose. Sure. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yes. Gotenks also, and... Dragon Ball Super stupid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there boy, it is. You... Don't do it. <laughs> Ravi, cut that and put that on. Put it, put it up. Oh, no, I mean, duh, obviously. We I have wanna, to <laughs> just, just the part of our junior saying, and DBZ super sucks. Or DBZ, <laughs> yeah, DBZ super sucks. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Where do you, like, I think we can, like, all jokes aside, we can safely say this is the best Star Wars show of 2022, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's undoubtedly. Well, Juna, <laughs> I will punch you. I really enjoyed nothing else. I mean, Visions was pretty good. It was different, which was nice. Well, that was last year, though. Was that 2021? Yeah. Never mind that. <laughs> I was going to say that was the, probably the second best thing of 2022. Wait, so in terms of Star Wars shows that came out, or in terms of just Star Wars, and or Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, Book of Boba, and that's it. And that one studio Ghibli Grogu yeah. short. Which, you know, um, don't hit me. I'm not a big fan of that style. And that short was just, I don't know. I don't know what You don't like is. art. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess kidding. that's okay. I don't have to like everything. That's deemed Oh, there's art. also there was also the Star Wars uh, <laughs> animated thing with Dooku and Ahsoka. I oh, that's right. The, oh, Tales, that's right. Of Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi. That was, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. That's actually probably the second best thing of yep. Star yeah, Wars. Easily. easily. But was there anything else Star Wars that came out this year? Uh, there was uh, Star Wars Celebration. Oh, yep, um, that was good. We did, there was a Buzzy Good podcast that was there. That's probably the best Star Wars thing of twenty oh, twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Just because Christian wasn't there. Yeah, God, damn you, COVID. Oh, uh, does the twentieth uh, anniversary of Attack of the Clones count as a new Star Wars thing? Because this is the first time that Attack of the Clones celebrated twenty years. No, new. Because <laughs> that movie's so bad. It's so bad. It's, it's good. such a cringe movie. Is it better than Obi Wan and Book of Boba? Ooh, that's tough. Ooh, oh, oh. Um, 
Damn, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I, that's, I would that's say that's an impossible question. My say, my gut is to <laughs> say Attack of the Clones is better, but more because there's personal memories behind the film, mm. like the first time. Because again, Attack of the Clones, first Star Wars film we ever saw in a theater. So that alone makes it a top tier thing compared right. to like Book of Boba and Obi Wan, and Obi Wan and Book of Boba just made me so mad. So, yeah, no, yeah, that's not yeah easy. That was easy. Nice. And then okay, so then follow up question in terms of best of things. You know, I said at the beginning, this is the best Star Wars thing that Disney Plus has put out. Forget Mando season two. I know that's difficult. When you compare Mando season one and or season one, just those, so you have no idea where it's going. Mm. Is this better, worse, different things, not fair to compare? Where do you rank it or place it? I would say it's hard to compare, right? Because with Andor, you know where this specific story ends, right? Andor dies on Scarif. (laughs) What? So there's like a definitive end with Mando, even though it is between episode six and seven, you don't know where that story is necessarily going to end, right? You don't know. We don't know the Mandalorian. He's not necessarily integrated into these Star Wars movies of like, why didn't Mando show up in episode seven, eight, or nine, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and Grogu's like a baby, right? So like he could easily live on and, and do his own thing and, and, and whatnot. So like that. There's more open-endedness to this, while Andor, like prequels, are tough, right? Because they have to, you have to fit into a very defined um, structure and like narrative, and you kind of know the endpoint, and you have to still make that like exciting and, and different and and whatnot. So, I don't know. They could hmm. clone Andor. <laughs> they could. He's yeah. a clone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Mandalorian is a hair better. And I think the only reason is that Mandalorian gave us the mystery of Grogu right in episode one. Uh, and that carried us through like all the way. And it still carries us through. In fact, it's that mystery, that episode one of Mandalorian is literally carrying the entire Star Wars universe on its back right now, to be <laughs> honest. And so I'm going to say Mandalorian by a hair. Um, whereas like, I, I, like Arjuna said, like Andor, you, you kind of, know where it's going that being said it's still really compelling it's really compelling you know and if you do prequels right they can be very powerful and i think the best recent example of that is better call saul Mm. Uh, and in fact it works as a prequel because you get to see a character go from this and then you can see you know his endpoint and seeing the decisions he makes and how he gets there is really powerful stuff and i think that's going to serve and it has served and or the show extremely well. You know his endpoint, so now you get to see how the creators plot that trajectory. And they've done a great job so far. I think, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the episode one thing of Mando, because that, that's like a pivotal moment for Star Wars. But I will say episodes six and ten of Andor, which is the, the heist um, for Andor, um, with a finale where you have like the the really cool star thing and they, they do that whole thing and then episode 10 being the actual prison break are very comparable in terms of just like being peak. these really big peak Star Wars moments where it just felt like an excitement around Star Wars again, right? Which we just haven't necessarily felt. I mean, I guess you also felt that in the Book of Boba when it was the Mandalorian season three, but 
No. I, I will say I will say that heist episode <laughs> is the most exciting Star Wars there's ever been. Um, so that was like straight up. Like, you know, when you go to a good thriller and you're on the edge of your seat mm -hmm. and you're like, I think my heart was slightly racing. I was like, oh, my God. You sure that wasn't uh, the coffee? That, that might be peak Star Wars, to be honest. Right there. Yeah. I think the big one, I think I'm going to say Andor is the better one of the two because it has a harder job, I think, than what Mandalorian has, where Mandalorian is opening new territory and, you know, Star Wars is supposed to be a galaxy very big galaxy, long time ago, far, far away, whatever, and not just about the fucking Skywalkers. Um, both shows have done a really good job of, like, staying away from those annoying families. Like, I think the other big thing that this show did really, really well was not showing fucking Vader. Like, that Or alone, Palpatine. Or Palpatine. Or Papa Palpatine. Like, that alone, like, we get it. We get these two jackasses are fucking everything up, and they're scary. Don't have to keep, like, reiterating that. It was more. It was more effective, I think. Like we we heard a ton about Palpatine, right? Palpatine right. is is this overarching menace over this whole show, and the fact you don't see him, it's just the fear from the Empire, the the fear from the rebels of over this this shadow who we know yeah. we know enough about. We don't have to see him, but seeing their reaction, yeah, without having to see him, yeah, to see awesome. so to see Deidre and all the other kind of like internal Empire white coats, just kind of like. Oh, we gotta do this for the emperor like was very effective especially like it's a character we've probably frankly seen too much of you know we don't need to see yeah no more wrinkly old papa palpatine anymore right. so yeah I, because of those reasons i would say yeah andor is the better better first season of the shows because it's mm. reworking not it's reworking things that we already were aware of and then expanding on that and doing it's doing a great job of the whole world building you know, we know the Empire is bad, but, you know, watching the show, I was like, man, I have the Imperial Cog as a tattoo on my wrist. I'm legitimately considering, like, maybe I should, like, cover it up because they really are some bad people. And it, they're it, tyrants. They're very you didn't much realize tyrants. that when you, you got it? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but when I got this tattoo, it was less I realistic. This, I got this tattoo pre disney star wars when right. star wars was very much the new space sci-fi show pew 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 like it was very i don't want to say kitty but it was very much not adult themed and andor is i think a more adult oriented show where it's going to show you the things that you don't like while mandalorian is going to be oh look the baby threw up cute you know <laughs> like it is different and yeah for sure what's also interesting like my next point is this show does not like everyone like Disney Plus keeps their numbers obviously internal. Um, I'm not sure how people are getting the numbers, but you know the the big one is that the big argument is that this show viewership wise is less than that of a Boba Fett or a Obi Wan Kenobi, and that critic not cr even critically, but in terms of just um, impressions and reach of the show is not has not done as well as those other. Uh, Disney Star Wars Disney Plus shows, um, and then there's also, you know, I think it's FX, Hulu, and some other Disney-owned ABC. Networks. ABC. They're putting the first two episodes out for you know free, um, to you know potentially I guess to try and get people in to to care and watch the show. Um, so I think that's all kind of like you know obviously very fascinating, and I hope though it's not going to be a, a factor where we get more Book of Boba and. 
less shows like and I think unfortunately it is right Star Wars is for good or for bad and uh, you kind of mentioned it right you're like where are the toys but like yeah. Star Wars is built off merchandising and like that's what helps boost the numbers all across it's like why do we always have Jedi and Stormtroopers and Death Stars showing up in Star Wars because they sell because people yep. buy those toys and care about that stuff. And when you're missing those elements, that's also kind of why I didn't like that Death Star shot, the after credit shot, because it's like, oh, like they put that in to sell toys because like this is, you got to show, you got to make that connection to Star Wars, right? Um, that like overt one. So the I think that's Star. part of it. And like it's, it's unfortunate because this is the best Star Wars thing we've gotten in a long time. But is it going to scare exec software? It's like, oh, well, great. I'm glad like the critics like it and, you know, people like it, but like people aren't watching it. So we're not going to continue to make this type of stuff. We're going to make Book of Boba season two instead. Please, God, no. You. <laughs> that said he liked Book of Boba better than Andor. That is a was a friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can only I can only think that is. Uh, and it's sick or you know someone needs to check on him he's not in a big city anymore is he and i i hate to say it, but i feel like that is a factor in how you judge these shows i'm just gonna put that out in the world and just move on anyway well well you, <laughs> Rabbi, actually what i find interesting is andor touches on like the grayness of star wars much like rogue one did mm-hmm. much like your favorite star wars movie episode eight did as well Right. Oh my God! They mentioned Canto Bite in this fucking yes, show. They did. I was so pissed. Casino. Was excellent. I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Also, I, I, I thought it was God. just interesting that Canto Bite seems to have been around for a while. You know, it's this gambling. Well, yeah, it's a gambling uh, planet. planet. Like its, it's yeah. whole purpose is to gamble. So. so. But it, but it is interesting, right? Because it does feel like a lot of those same, not to single out Ravi, but uh, and and not Ravi's reason that he doesn't like episode eight is because he just doesn't like Canto Bite. But a lot of people didn't like episode eight because they're like, no, like we don't like this grayness of like everyone's good and evil, and that was a little bit in Rogue One, and that's obviously very clear in Andor, right, with like the Rebel Alliance and the Empire, um, and it doesn't, it, you know, a lot of the star, a lot of the 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 louder Star Wars fans have pushed back on like, oh, this this grayness of Star Wars is like not our Star Wars, right? It's not the good versus evil, you know, the Empire versus the Rebel type of stuff. And I'm kind of interested to see like a company in a structural standpoint of like, how does Disney navigate this, right? Do they just lean towards like, you know what, like we're just going to go back to like the Star Wars that everybody, you know, says that they like and, and do like the good versus evil stuff or are they going to continue to try and diversify a little bit and maybe lean into the grayness and right as chris you know even like what christian said earlier of like you know do something that's pure force and like just do some weird stuff i'm well i'm kind of curious tying it back to like the you know news that broke i think last night yeah you know disney's ceo has just changed has gone from bob chapak back to bob Iger. What? And Andor was greenlit under Iger. So it was a pre chapak thing. So the fact that the head of the company is back, you know, the former CEO of the company is now back. Um, if it was under Chapek, I would argue, yeah, most likely we would not see more Andor things. We would see more Book of Boba Fett type things. But now that he's back, I, I do wonder... And I'm somewhat hopeful that, yeah, maybe we're going to get more. Maybe we will get Christian's, like, force-focused show or whatever, which would be great. I'm curious. Isn't Andor just more of the fade 
trade federation bullcrap that we got <laughs> in episode one. Like hey, it's just I, in the I, I love that. I love like the politics of like a fake world that means really nothing. Because like the I mean I could learn about real world politics, but it's depressing. Like look <laughs> at the World Cup for fuck's sake. We I have a more important question. Andor. Let's hear it. To be the CEO of Disney, does your name have to be Bob? And yes. if so, does this mean we need to start having children and name them Bob? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Your wow, D&D wow. character could be the next CEO. Yes. Can a D&D character be a CEO? That's the big question. <laughs> Find out at 5 p.m. on Fox News. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know why I went with Fox News. Anyway, let's get back into... Um, I want to talk. I want to look back at our qualifiers because we did obviously a podcast after the first three episodes of Andor when they first dropped, and we all basically said if one of these things happen, the show is an automatic no in terms of was it good. So let's let's go back and take a look. Krishna said that you know he doesn't want to see Tatooine because he hates the desert Tatooine. and sand, and. We can confirm now. Tatooine did not show up, and I don't believe it was even mentioned. So, yep, that makes me very happy. Uh, we're getting breaking news. Season two of Andor only takes place on Tatooine. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> um, I had said continue to not be a Star Wars story. So, stormtroopers, Jedi, Sith, Emperor, focus on new characters. I would argue we got a couple of cameos here and there. So, for example. Um, we had some characters that were, you know, familiar to us from Clone Wars. Wolf. But in terms of, like, big-name characters, like a Palpatine or a Vader, they didn't show up. We did see Death Troopers, which... And Stormtroopers. And, Storm- and Stormtroopers. I mean, Stormtroopers were a given, but I was... Uh, oh, and Shore Troopers, too, um, when he was on Vacation Planet. That's what we're going <laughs> to call it, by the way, Vacation Planet. Um, so I thought that, you know, it was good. It was still a st- not a Star Wars story in the sense of... Here's Obi-Wan Kenobi and all these cameos and people and everything. Uh, and then Arjuna finally said, don't overuse Jedi legacy characters or legacy characters. And again, yeah. I think we were okay. We didn't see any Jedi. Except for Luthen. It's true. Luthen <laughs> is not a Jedi. <laughs> He's actually Yoda in disguise. He's actually a Sith. The big bad Sith. I Ooh, am what if the he is? Senate. Sith, and he's just manipulating this the whole way yeah. through. He's Pelagus. I mean, great. here. I mean, the, to be fair, to be completely fair to that. But the, here's the other thing, though. There is nothing in the Star Wars lore. Like there is the idea of the rule of two, right? In terms of there's always a, a master and an apprentice. But there's nothing that says that other Sith can't just pop up, and we have seen that. Sure. Or right? dark side users. Or dark side right? users. So they don't have is, to be called the Sith, right? It is possible that he is some kind of manipulative dark side thing. That is kind of pulling the strings, so it's possible. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. That there would be an interesting way to connect this to the sequel trilogy, if the rebellion or part of the rebellion is founded upon a fa- the foundation is a little dark side, right? We know that between episodes six and seven, the New Republic, like, is finds itself on its heels, right? Uh, so it would be kind of interesting if we see the beginning of this rebellion, which is already very shaky, uh, being established on uh, less than ideal um, values, 
it's like it lends more credence to the fact that, oh, they weren't as strong as they were hoping, leading to their downfall for the sequels. Right. And they therefore, Luthen for a very is obvious alive. reason. Luthen is, is alive. The first order and of the rebellion. Boom. Yeah, Luthen starts the first order. First order. I think we just we just figured out the whole Disney plan. There we go. Well done, go. guys. Done. The next show coming out is called Luthen. Takes place between episodes <laughs> six and seven, and it will only exclusively star Scar Scarred. That's it. Yeah. Is it going to be Star Wars' Scar-Scarred. version of Luther? It's just a yep. one-man play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's he plays all characters. Did you strumming. guys see him put on that wig? Incredible uh, actor within the show. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right, they're setting it up. <laughs> yeah. Before before we get into bold predictions for season two, we obviously we made a bunch of early bold predictions for this season. Uh, so let's take a quick peek at those. Some of these are really really dumb. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah, start, well, why starting, don't we start with the dumb ones? Starting with Krishna. No I'm kidding. Krishna <laughs> has said that K two S O will show up, but be bad. Kind of did happen. I mean, the model, the same type of model <laughs> droid showed up, so I guess... And was bad. Bare, and it <laughs> was Maybe bad. it will be K2SO. Right, could be. <laughs> so we will give you 0. 0.5 points for that. I'll take half a point. Nice. Uh, I said Cassian... Oh, so mine's a bigger long-term one where I had said... Essentially, I said that Cassian won't die in Rogue One and that this wow, show wow, wow. is going to... Um, not retcon, but show us a character. My thinking was Bix. Uh, we'll come in and save him at the last second. So. But leave Jin on the beach to die. Do you, yes. do you still believe that? Wait, uh, we, we'll give you. We'll give you now time to. No, no, I still believe that. that it give you an out. I still believe it could potentially happen. I mean, it could yeah, until we could. see otherwise. Till we see that otherwise. Means... Till the show is said, it's done. Yeah. 20 years go by and they decide for some reason they just put out some random line in a book that talks about some like character that does save Cassian. Nice. And then finally, Arjuna said, no force users in the first season. That did not happen. Didn't see any force that users. we know of. We saw unless Luthen, Luthen is. Uh, okay. Good, good stuff there. Uh, let's hear your predictions for season two. I already said that. B2 Emo becomes K2SO. And if season two is, you know, the last season, then my original prediction that casting will be shown alive at the at the end of the events of Rogue One would also count for that as well. But let's hear your, your predictions. Mm. Bold predictions. We're going to get Han Solo in season two. <laughs> Played by Harrison Ford or Alden so, Emmerich. Uh, I, probably Alden, but here's why I think it's a possibility. And if it's not a direct appearance, I think... Um, a mention? It, at least a mention or something, or some kind of connection. Uh, because we're... Uh, Mom Mothma is getting into interesting financial straits. And she's starting down this more seedy, criminal-ish avenue of uh, transferring money. And, well, a big profession for transferring money uh, somewhat illegally is smuggler, right. smuggling. And so I think there's a very natural way I think you can get Hansel. And the other, the other thing as well is that uh, Obi-Wan gave us young Luke, young Leia. Uh, I have a feeling that Disney is going to 
do the Marvel thing, um, put themselves in where, you know, we've had Luke, young Luke, young Leia. Let's get ourselves a young Han in one of these shows. And I think Ando would be the best show to put him into remember, in some way. Remember, though, like in terms of time, we've already seen the yeah, young. What is the time? With Solo, because Solo, the movie... Oh, yeah, yeah. I just mean for the shows, though. For the shows. They, well, yeah, but I we think, have the actor already. Um, Alden no, Emmerich. I, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I understand that. I just mean for these shows, mm-hmm. I think they want to put in some of these uh, Juno's, Juno's line legacy characters um, mm-hmm. because I think it helps drive traffic to the shows, to be honest. How do we know that kid so. wasn't Han Solo? We don't know who his parents are. That one at the end, she was going to marry? Their daughter, Han Mon Mothma's daughter, was meeting. I think. I think at this time, Han's older. Yeah, we already know. I Han. think we already like, know. Yeah, um, yeah, Aldrich's Han would be is this, the Han. Is he's that old? Yeah, like, he is yeah. significantly yeah. older than Leia. It is. If you think creepy. about it, it's actually really creepy. It's super <laughs> fucking creepy. Yeah, there's like a 15, oh, I had no idea. There's like a fifteen plus age gap between the two characters. What? He's and, too busy and, and, with Indiana Jones five. So yeah, whatever. Oh, boy. it's all it's all weird. But, but yeah, Han Solo, book it. All right, Solo in season two. Cool. I hope I'm wrong, though, by the way. I, okay. will, I will say, I, ho- I hope there is not a Han Solo. But I just, you know, have an itch. You know what I was hoping for? I was hoping that we would have seen a Grogu reference somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the show where it would make the least amount of sense. To I be know, honest. that's why I want to see it. <laughs> yes. I say, it has you to see, make like, sense. You, just, you see a K- K2SO just holding like a little. Like Grogu in the background, yeah. like swinging him around. <laughs> I don't know why he'd be abusing him. Because he's trying to steal chicken nuggies. <laughs> 16 <laughs> years. <laughs> is Get sentence. your hand out of the nugget jar. What would you have done though if like you're like on the on that on the, the prison planet and like <laughs> Grogu's Grogu working <laughs> the line? Oh, I do have a quick question. Uh, one observation oh. for the prison planet real quick. They're all humans. All humans and yep. all men. So, yep. I mean, the, the, the gender thing makes sense. You probably want to separate men and women. Um, but all humans. And I thought that was interesting. It's probably well, we know the sem- Empire is racist. Well, yeah, we do know that. But it's also, I think, they separate. So why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they be more aliens? Because they're doing something jail. even more menial. Oh, there you go. Right, yeah. but I think they also separate the spe- species based on what they can and can't do. That would make sense. Right, like that if you have somebody that has like six arms or whatever, that's probably either A, too easy or inefficient or whatever. So remember, the Empire is all about efficiency. So keeping them grouped together would make sense. Also, from a production standpoint, it's cheaper. There's <laughs> also that logic as well. Of course, of course. Junior, your bold prediction for season two? Uh, my bold prediction for season two is that the we will get Jin Erso in the final episodes and we'll have some very direct connections and retellings of some of the early scenes of uh, season two of Rogue One. With uh, Saw Gerrera? So you mean, are you talking specifically like with her and Saw? Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll have you know saw saw appeared a little bit in this season. I think he'll be a bigger presence in season two, and I think we'll we'll get some Jin stuff with with. With Saw and maybe some of the other characters as well um, in season two. Will we get a show just called Jin that has Qui-Gon Jin and Jin Erso teaming up? Yes. And drinking Jin. <laughs> yeah, they just drink Jin and rebel. Hi, I'm Jin Erso <laughs> yes. and I'm Qui-Gon Jin, and we exclusively only drink aviation Jin. <laughs> oh, no. Ryan Reynolds presents Jin and Jin. Jin and Jin. So, so it's it's. Qui-Gon Jinn, Jinn Erso, and Deadpool somehow. 
I mean, pretty much. Deadpool crosses dimensions. He does. Or something. All right. Before we get to the big question of was it good, let's just hear everyone's quick rankings of the big uh, four, you know, the big four series that dropped this fall. So that would be oh, House easy. Of, we should House all of, have the same ranking. House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, oh, oh. She-Hulk, and Andor. Sorry, what, I thought what? you meant... The Star Wars things. No, no, we're, no, no, no. We're going, we're going dimensional here. Uh, sorry, can you name them again? I've forgotten. You know, if you, let me, <laughs> if you let me finish. Oh, yeah. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> so that's going to be Hot D, Rop, Shahulk, and Andor. <laughs> what, was it? what was the third one? She-Hulk. Oh. She-Hulk? She-Hulk. That, that didn't Hulk. help. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? I mean... I think you should go first, Christian, as you're clearly Damn. the one paying the most attention. I, I can go first. And this is the caveat that I enjoyed all these shows, and I think they're all good. You did. Number Stop one. your positivity. Number one, Andor. Ooh, big surprise. Number two, Rings of Power. Ooh, I'm surprised. Number three, She-Hulk. Oh, number I four, am surprised. Number four, House of the Dragon. Wait, really? Wow. That's interesting. A, yeah. Interesting ranking system. Uh, I'm going to go... Ooh. And I, 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 just like Arjuna said, I enjoyed, found all four of these shows very entertaining. Surprisingly, because I was not, I was not excited for any of them <laughs> before <laughs> this year. In fact, I was like, "Oh God, here we go!" And every single one was entertaining on some level. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna start with my least favorite to my most favorite because it's more exciting that way. Least favorite, <laughs> four to one, uh, or you know, uh, four out of these four. She Hulk, number three. Rings of Power, Whoa. number two, House of the Dragon, number one, Andor. Whoa. Okay. Well, then I'm going to go my best to least. Middle to. Yeah, I'm gonna no, go start in the middle. Wait, I'm yeah, going to go three, two, four, one. Perfect. No. Uh, I'm going to go Rings of Power is my favorite. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to go Andor as my second favorite. She-Hulk is my third, and then Hot Dia at the end. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Mostly because... Cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. Hot Dia is stupid. Anyway, let's ask that question. (laughs) Wait, I thought we changed your... Never mind. (laughs) No, but I mean, in comparison... I mean, yeah, you changed my mind for sure in terms of the whole season, right? That was the whole thing with House of the Dragon. But I still had more... I enjoyed She-Hulk more than I enjoyed... Wow. House of the Dragon as a whole. Shocking. Because I think Arjuna put, it, Arjuna put it best. She-Hulk was a nice, you just kind of put it on, you don't feel the pressures of the universe hmm. type show. So Yeah. And it also showed some like much needed, uh, that, that like Marvel can like actually do something slightly different, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, Arjuna was Andor season one good. Yes, it was great show. Very excited for season two. I wish it came out tomorrow, but I think they're like just started filming or are filming now, so it's gonna be a while, and uh, that makes me sad inside. I don't think we get it until twenty twenty four. That's my theory. That's great. All of the shows we just mentioned that we all said we're like, oh, we liked all of these aren't coming back next year. Cool. 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 <laughs> Uh, Krishna, was Andor season one good? 
Well, spoiler alert, if you just listen to my last rankings where I put Andor as the best <laughs> what you show of no. this year. I want you to say no. I'm going to say no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because chaos, no. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was very different Star Wars, and I think it was much needed Star Wars. Much more serious. Uh, shows us more of the horrors of the war in the, Star the Wars. Wars? The, the wars. There's so many wars. Um, so, yeah, it was great. Ravi, was Andor good? Andor was fucking good. Great. Oh, yeah? I miss it, and I, pro- and I will legitimately rewatch this probably very soon. Um, I, I, just because I, it's yeah. it's great, it's good, and I'm sure I missed out on a bunch of stuff. Can I ask I, you guys a question real quick? No. What was your favorite episode of the show? Oof. Um, I'm gonna say the heist. I'm gonna say the heist episode. Episode six. Yeah, just because I was like, it was, it was as good as any thriller in terms of like my emotions and my uh, interest. Uh, in it, so yeah, that that episode, the highest episode. I think episode it was so beautiful too. Ten is my favorite because it shows the real dark side to the empire, and like then it gives you like hope, but then it's still kind of shitty. And then I think the finale was also really really good too. Just the build up towards the end of like you know the the you know the the citizens and the unrest and everything and the stupidity of the empire. Um, like, why didn't they shut that shit down way sooner? Did you guys think Deidre and Cyril were going to kiss? Very I much? did. Very much, I did. I'm very thankful they didn't. It was such a weird scene. They were so weird. We didn't it really was, talk it was about such a weird, those, yeah. Yeah, those two those a lot. Two. But uh, I think we're going to see some interesting things with those characters for sure. I believe Deidre is based on, um, I think she's called at one point Iceheart uh, by Bix. Or something, or one of the characters, and Iceheart is a very prominent character in the Rogue Squadron novels. No, um, and she she has the same physical as like as uh, like the the intelligence officer that Rogue Squadron is going against in those novels. Um, so I thought so that you're something of a Deidre cool. expert, Krishna. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Arjuna, did you have a favorite episode? <sighs> yeah, I mean it's between six and ten. Um, God, I really, I really like both of those a lot. That's why I asked them because I can decide between those. Two. Oh, we, what a, we split particular. the difference. What about the episode where Luthen escapes? To me, that was the best. Like episode eleven. Yeah, 11, I mean that. that I, I really liked that. Has the escape? To me, that was the one. Well, but the I'm speech is episode ten. <laughs> the speech um, was ten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, well, whatevs. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that, but I think that that's a good thing. Like, you, it's good to have multiple. Yeah. favorite episodes in a season because that yeah. speaks to the fact that they're all so well done. Like I think maybe the week I think the weakest part is, you know, the first 3 episodes because you're like what yeah. is happening? Well, I, I will say episode and we talked about this in our first pod, but episode 3 was the one that hooked me. Like when you have the whole yep. with Luthen coming in and that whole action sequence like you're like, "Oh, I get why they released the first 3 episodes together now." Like you kind of needed this arc to get through it to understand what's kind of going on and then you have this amazing kind of finale to that arc which was like really propelled me and then you went into like the the high star and it was it was great 
So I'm going to say every episode is my favorite episode. All the episodes are my favorite. Show. Okay, uh, you know what? I have a new answer. My favorite episode is the next one. Let's uh, let's oh, just wow. freight our junior out because we do have to get out of here. We've been going for a, a much longer than a quick 20-minute, 30-minute podcast. <laughs> Tight 20. Yeah, it'll be a quick 20, guys. I really, really think it'll be just 20 minutes. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here on Was It Good. As ours, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash was it good. TikTok and Instagram at was it good pod. For some reason, we're still on Twitter at was it good. Definitely check out our website, was it good.info. Our next podcast, we haven't figured out yet. So follow us on the socials to be kept up to date when we decide what we will blabber about. Likely 1899, I believe. Yeah, I need to start that. Fuck. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Same. Me too. Goodbye.